You Can Handle Anything, episode number 325. Welcome to the You Can Handle Anything podcast. I'm your host, Shira Gura, and I know firsthand what it feels like to get hijacked by your emotions, keeping you from fully enjoying the moments and people in your life. In this podcast, we'll explore the everyday emotional situations we all face, and I'll share the tools and strategies I developed that will help you deal with these challenges in any moment with confidence, resilience, and integrity. Tune in and discover how living your life deliberately instead of reactively will allow you to reclaim control over your emotions and live your life with purpose so you can truly handle anything life throws your way. Let's get started. Hello, my dear listeners, and thank you so much for joining me today. So I am recording this week's episode from a tiny little town in Poland called Kutno, where one of my sons is participating in the European Little League Baseball Tournament. And it's been an amazing and eye-opening couple of days. I have so many stories to share with you just from the past few days of being here, and I'm going to share one of them with you this week. But before I do... I want to ask you a question. Have you ever had the experience where someone says something or someone does something that kind of shocks you? Like you totally didn't expect it. Like this thing came out of left field, no pun intended regarding the baseball tournament. But like seriously, has that ever happened to you? And then you have this automatic reaction. The truth is unexpected things happen to us all the time because we can't nearly know what to expect from every moment of the day. And then we automatically react, and there's a reason for that. The reason we have these automatic reactions is because it is the way our brains were designed. If you look at the human brain, you can divide it into two main parts. The lower brain, which is also known as the primitive brain or the reptilian brain, because all vertebrates from reptiles to mammals share this portion of the anatomy. And this part of the brain oversees the flow of messages between the brain and the rest of the body. It controls basic functions such as breathing and heart rate and blood pressure and other vital body functions. And this part of the brain operates unconsciously. The role of the lower brain is to protect you and keep you out of harm's way. So when a car comes whizzing by and you're walking in the middle of the street, you jump out of the way. You don't stop to think about what speed the car was going or what color the car was. You just get out of the way. And that is your lower brain's way of protecting you. The lower brain is basically there for your survival, which is a good thing, except when the threat that you are experiencing isn't a life and death situation, but rather it's a perceived threat. And yet, you still react in the same way as if it were a life and death situation. This is where we tend to get stuck. And it happens to all of us, and it happened to me the other day. So let me tell you what happened. So as I mentioned earlier, I'm in Poland with my son at this tournament. This is the first time I've ever been in Poland, and honestly, I don't know if I'm ever going to get back. I mean, I always wanted to come here for the purpose of witnessing what is left from the atrocities of World War II, but now that I'm here, I don't know. I I just don't know if I'll ever make another effort to return. And so I figured while I'm here, why not take advantage of the fact that I'm here and do as much sightseeing as I can? The baseball games are at 10 o'clock in the morning, Poland time, every day, 
And the sun doesn't go down in the summer here until like 8.30 at night. So there really is a lot of time to be able to tour around. I didn't rent a car, so it would mean taking trains. And there are definitely cities within a one to two hour train ride from where we are. And lucky for me, there's other parents here, one of whom is actually a grandmother who flew in from Ohio to watch her grandson play on the Israel team. And she and I hit it off from day one, and it was clear that we would be a good pair in terms of touring around together, as she is easygoing, and she's smart, and she's kind. And while she is 72 years old, she has the energy of a 16-year-old. Her name is Mindy, and she gave me permission to share today's story with you. So Mindy and I decided to go to Warsaw on our first day, and there was no game being played, and it was a beautiful day to take a trip. So we take a taxi from the place that we're staying, it's like a motel, to the local train station. The truth is we probably could have walked it, but we weren't sure how far it was. And I'm doing my best to reserve the amount of cellular service that I'm using while traveling. Anyway, so the people at the motel called a cab for us. It was like a five minute cab ride and it cost us 30 zloty. Zloty is the currency used in Poland. And the exchange rate is about one sloty to 25 cents in American currency. So basically, you just divide the currency here by four and you have what it costs in US dollars. Okay, so it was like $8 for the cab ride. Fine, no big deal. And then we get to the train station and we each buy a ticket to Warsaw, which is an hour and a half away. And that cost us 40 zloty, which is about $10, which is also great. Before I came to Poland, I did hear that the public transportation here is great and that things are pretty inexpensive as well. So we take a lovely ride to Warsaw. In fact, I could actually talk more about that, but maybe I'll share that story for another time. But the point is, we get to Warsaw safe and sound. And the first place we wanted to go was a synagogue. In fact, the synagogue we wanted to visit is the sole surviving synagogue of Warsaw. It's called the Nozick Synagogue. It was built in the early 1900s, and then in 1940, it was devastated by the Nazis and turned into a horse stable and a feed storehouse. And then it was damaged severely as it became part of a section of Warsaw called the Jewish Ghetto. Anyway, after the war, it underwent a renovation, and it is now in use today. So that's where we wanted to start our visit in Warsaw. So we walked out of the train station and waiting for us was, you know, a line of taxis, just like most train stations have. We saw a group of taxi drivers standing together, you know, talking, and we approached them asking if any of them were available. One of them asked where we wanted to go, and we told him, and he said, sure. So knowing that we want to go to a synagogue, the taxi driver basically asks if we're from Israel. And we explained that I live in Israel and that Mindy lives in the United States. And then he starts to tell us that on the way to the synagogue, he's going to stop to show us a Jewish monument, which is standing in what was once the Jewish ghetto and where the train tracks that still exist took the Jews from the ghetto directly to Auschwitz. And he did. And we got out of the taxi and we took pictures. Then we got back in and he takes us to the synagogue. The whole ride couldn't have been more than 10 minutes. So... Knowing that we just spent 30 zloty on our ride from the motel to the train station and 40 zloty on a 90-minute ride from Kutno to Warsaw, 
What do you think this 10 minute ride should have cost us? 30s latte, 40s latte, 50s latte, right? Like something like that. Well, you could probably imagine the shock that we were in when the driver turned his head and told us that it was 480 zlati. <laughs> Do the math, right? Divided by four. That's like over $100. Like what the? I was floored. I, I, we were like, we were just in shock because it was a, it was a freaking 10 minute car ride. And the taxi driver, yes, I'm just going to be kind and I'm just going to say the taxi driver. He went on to point inside of the taxi the numerous locations where it shows the cost of his car rides, that it says 80 zlati for a kilometer. So that's like, you know, $10 to travel about half a mile. It made absolutely zero sense. And he just kept going and going and going. This is a private taxi. You should have known. It's written everywhere inside the taxi. Like, that's it. Like, give me your money. And see, this is what I was talking about before, about life and death threats and perceived threats. This is a classic example of a perceived threat. Now, could this taxi driver have taken out a gun and threatened us? Yes, but very unlikely. And so, because my mind took this as a life and death threat, I reacted in a life and death threat situation kind of way. I tried to think my way out of the situation, but you can't logically think yourself out of a situation when you're under threat. And that's because you're stuck. You are emotionally stuck. And in most cases, you're stuck on fear. And so in this instance, I didn't get myself unstuck because I just didn't think of it. Had I used the unstuck method in that instance, I likely would have taken a picture of the inside of his car, taken a picture of him, taken a picture of the license plate, and perhaps I might have even asked him to take us back to the train station. But I didn't because I panicked. And both Mindy and I basically gave him almost all of the money that we had exchanged when we came here. And he drove off happy as a clam because he fooled, probably not for the first time, another tourist. Now, I have to be honest, I was kind of going back and forth about whether or not I was going to share this story with you this week on the podcast, not because I don't like to be vulnerable with you and share my relatable and honest stories with you week by week. I do. But I didn't share this story with my family, and I didn't share this specifically with my husband, who is likely hearing this story for the first time right now. Why? Because I didn't want to hear the, how could you? Or why didn't you do this? Or I just didn't want to hear it. I was already feeling badly enough about the situation. In fact, as soon as the taxi drove away, I started to really beat myself up badly. You know, like, how could I be so stupid? And this is when I said to myself, hang on. Beating yourself up is going to get you absolutely nowhere. And that's the first step for getting unstuck. Whether the situation is happening in the moment or whether it already happened, the first step is always to take a stop. And one way that you can take a stop is by talking to yourself and simply saying, hang on. 
Because by saying, hang on, you give yourself a moment. You don't allow yourself to keep spiraling or to keep perseverating on thoughts that lead to no man's land. And you extend that space between the trigger and your reaction to it. Remember what Viktor Frankl, author of Man's Search for Meaning and Holocaust Survivor said, between every stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space is your power to choose your response. And in that response lies your freedom and your growth. Okay, so I didn't take a stop in that first story that I shared with you. I am not a robot. I'm human. All I could do was learn from it. But I did take a stop in the second story. And by the second story, I'm talking about beating myself up. And while I was still slightly stuck on wanting to find that taxi driver to at least tell him that we know that he screwed us over, I did get unstuck from beating myself up. And when we had to take a final cab at the end of the day to get us back to the train station to go back to Kutno, you can bet your bottom dollar the first thing I asked the taxi driver was how much approximately would the ride cost us and does he take a credit card? Which obviously is an important piece to the story because had I been able to use a credit card the first time, I could have later declined it. So you live and learn and you keep growing and you don't let yourself stay behind feeling stuck. And so I want to ask you again, when in your life do you have a tendency to just quickly react to things? Maybe it's when a specific somebody says a specific thing that tends to trigger you. Or maybe it's when someone does something that just irritates you. Or maybe it's when you do something that you wish you wouldn't have done and you feel guilty about it and you automatically beat yourself up. Can you imagine the next time that happens, you simply say to yourself, hang on and give yourself a moment to just be curious about the situation. Give yourself that space to be able to process your emotions and get unstuck from it so that you can have a more deliberate response rather than an automatic reaction, which are usually the ones you later regret. Okay, my dear friends, I will be here in Poland for another few days at least. If my son's team wins, I will be staying here for another week with him. And I already have another story for you from Poland for next week. So stay tuned. Thank you so much for choosing to be with me today. Wishing you a wonderful rest of your week. And remember, you can handle anything. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please share it with a friend or family member who may not know much about podcasting. If they need help, please show them how to subscribe to the show and how they can leave a review. And if you aren't yet subscribed to my newsletter, make sure you do sign up by visiting my website, shiragura.com. I look forward to being with you again next week.